Thanks for downloading this podcast from The Rock of York. We hope it inspires you. If you have any questions or comments, we'd love to hear from you. You can get in touch with us on Twitter, at The Rock of York, or search for The Rock of York on Facebook. And of course, there's the website at www.rockofyork.co.uk. But you probably already knew that. Here's something you might not know. to talk to you just for a brief moment about is straight lines in a crooked world. Straight lines in a crooked world. Um, There is a couple of verses in in the New Testament in Galatians chapter 5 and these are the two verses. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering or patience, in, in some Bibles it says, I actually like long-suffering better than patience because patience just means, well, wait another five minutes for the bus. Long-suffering means all this stuff is going on, but I'm going to take it and handle it and stay with it and not get out of the process until we brought some life and some peace and some help. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Listen to this. Against such... There is no law. Now, we live in a universe that is governed by laws, okay? And the laws always work. I step off here, the law of gravity will work. Whatever day I do that, whenever I do it, even at my age when I do it, which is not particularly wise. But sometimes you sacrifice yourself for the sake of an illustration. The the universe is governed by laws, but God says there are some things that the laws of the universe in every dimension do not, do not stop, cannot control. These are uncontrollable things which exceed the power of laws that operate naturally in the natural world. These come through with a supernatural element into the realm of the natural. And if you will learn to operate in these, which the Bible calls the fruit of spirit... Right? Not the fruit of flesh, the fruit of spirit. You will find that against these things there is no law. And the more we live in them, the more we open up areas and arenas that naturally the laws that were working against us were stopping us, preventing us, opposing us. But against these things there is no law. And I want to talk about them as, uh, in, in, in a little context just for a moment. Now, one thing I want to fix in your spirit. I, I said this to the guys on Wednesday is, is a little image. Um, the question of how is God involved in our lives is an interesting one because um, some of the church as an institution I think has misled people, often like you and me, with this idea that, that God is, the phrase used is God is sovereign, basically meaning God is actually in control of everything and everything that happens uh, is either ordained or allowed by God. Uh, we could have a long discussion about that, but I don't believe that. Um, I, have, I believe you have to go back to the first dot in Genesis and realize that the way life works is a partnership and God subjects himself to a partnership. But within that partnership, there is an authority. And in that authority is the fruit of the Spirit that if you live by that, changes everything. But what I talked to you about was I'd like you to think more of in terms of what is God's involvement in your life Um, and in our lives is you have to think of God as the conductor of an orchestra. 
Think of him like the conductor of an orchestra. Now, the conductor of an orchestra doesn't seem to be doing much because he does a lot of this, okay? But what he's actually doing is he is causing what would be a noise to be a symphony. Just by those simple movements of involvement, he can't demand it, he can't force it. He can't regulate it. He has to rely on the musicians responding to his gentle hand that is setting the tempo and the time and the pressure of the music. Now, what's interesting is when you are being conducted by a, a conductor in an orchestra, you have your own instrument and you have your own music. And uh, if, you're, if you're good enough to be in an orchestra... You're able to read the music, so you could play the music off of the sheet with your instrument on your own without any assistance. However, when you have a conductor, what he's doing is not telling you how you should play your instrument or even which tune you should play. He's saying that as part of the whole picture, if you will watch his hand, if you will watch his guidance, that your own music will have flavor and texture and purpose to it, and it will turn it just from a series of notes on a sheet to a beautiful sound. Something that goes from just being mechanically music to being something that touches the heart and warms the spirit and says something. Now, of course, in the orchestra, you have all the instruments and the people with their music all together. And when that hand is watched, what happens is we all flow together and blend together. We coincide with each other so that what we create is what in music is known as harmony. Harmony is when you have many notes, okay? You bring all the component parts together to produce beauty and symphony. Harmony is complementary but different. The whole point of harmony is it's different notes coinciding in a way that is directed so that it presents beauty and symphony. Each one of us is a sound in a symphony. And while ever we listen and learn to realise there is a gentle hand that is setting the tone and setting the time, and we seek just to feel that and sense that in our spirit and contribute our life to that, we become a symphony to the world. We become a beautiful sound. Now, one thing you'll never find in an orchestra is the orchestra very often playing in unison. You all know what unison is. Unison is when you sing or play all on the same note doing the tune. It's quite boring. I appreciate our guys because we have such skill in the musicians and in the singers to be able to harmonize and put texture into the music. The beauty of harmony is that it's different notes making a wonderful sound together. So we're not looking to have such control that we have a unified sound or we all sing in unison or we are all a unison type people. What we're looking for is harmonics. We're looking for you bringing your flavor, your sound, your personality, your gifting your joy, your wisdom, your hope, your faith, right? Your dreams. And when we bring them together and understand there is a hand that's governing us all and we bring those together, we actually become a symphony that's very impressive and very wonderful to the world. And everybody who hears it, including those who are a part of it, uh, will appreciate and enjoy that sound. And I, I, I believe some of that's going on right now 
And God is helping us to do that. So, I, um, I showed the guys on, um, on Wednesday a little illustrative video and I want you to have a look at this so I can just comment about it and then we can talk about those, these things up here. So let's just put that up on screen. The question is, what do you see? For most of us, the answer is that we see a, a, a ring of dots rotating inside a spoked wheel. Would that be true? That's what we see. But actually, that's not what's happening. Which is an amazing point because it illustrates so wonderfully that very often what you think you see, you don't. I'll tell you in a minute. Yeah. Patience, fruit of the Spirit. Okay? I'll, you be patient, I'll be kind. Okay? And, and this, this, I could give you dozens of these. You can find them all over the internet. Of course, they're called optical illusions, but what it is actually showing is that we all think that we read things accurately and we know what's going on, when most of the time we don't. That's why I do not believe that the role of the gospel and the role of preaching and the role of sharing and the role of church is defunct. Because without sometimes people to help us with what we think we see and what is real, the truth is we go through life perceiving things that are not actually happening. Now, I'll give you the key to this. I want you just to pick any one dot and focus on that dot and tell me what that dot is doing. Right? You can pick any one. You can change the dot, pick another dot. But just look at one dot and tell me what that one dot is doing. It's going up and down in a straight line. So what you think is a, a circle of dots going around inside a wheel is not happening at all. What is happening is that all those individual dots are simply going up and down on the same line. They are taking straight lines in a crooked world. The issue is we live in a crooked world. We live in a world that's broken. We live among humanity that's broken. We live in systems that are broken, where there is pain and deceit and people being taken advantage of. And what we think we see is not accurate when we just look at it on face value. But what I want you to see here is that there are straight lines in the crooked world that actually what happens if you can think of these issues of the fruit of the Spirit like one of those dots. In life, joy is going in a straight line, backwards and forwards, backwards and forwards. Love is going in a straight line, backwards and forwards, backwards and forwards. Joy is going in a line. Long-suffering is going in a line. Kindness is going in a line. Goodness is going in a line. Faithfulness keeps flowing through the world in a straight line. Gentleness is flowing through the world, a straight line in a crooked world. Self-control is going through the world, a straight line in a crooked world. Now, what does happen is when you begin to set those in place, you realize that there is a motion that is taking over, okay? The motion is not the answer. Yeah, it's because it's on a loop. The, the, mo the motion, 
the motion is created by all the other things going in straight lines. You see, what we try to do, we create a false motion when actually what we need to do is find the straight lines in a crooked world. And part of all that we are about is helping you to find those straight lines and live within those straight lines so that you create a motion, but you understand why the motion is being created, but it's being created because of those straight lines. So the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, and kindness, a wonderful thing, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control are those dots that go up and down the straight line that create the movement. And as I said to you earlier, what's wonderful is against such things there is no law. Now let me, let me for my American friends who always watch, uh, give you a little insight. You do not need the Ten Commandments in the courthouse. The word of Jesus supersedes the word of Moses. Right? The law came, the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus. I would say it's better to put the Beatitudes in the courthouse than it is the Ten Commandments. And I would say something else, that I would go one step further and say in the New Covenant, wouldn't it be great if when you walked into the courthouse, it says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, and again, such things, there is no law. If you want to be free, this is where you live. These are the things that we live in, and I want you to embrace these things as the straight lines of this house, because against such things, there is no law, and when we live in this, I guarantee you coincidences become the natural process of our lives. Are you getting this? Good. So I want to revisit some things we've said because I feel there's been a theme that, that has been emerging. I could say, well, yeah, of course there has because you've been bringing it. So. But I like to think I am led a little bit by the Spirit that gives us those fruits. And so I want to remind you of some of the things that we have been saying because they're so important but it's so easy for us to forget what it was that was put on that line to help us. Remember, a few weeks ago, we fought, talked about four things that stand in the way of a new way. That we're being led in a new way. Isaiah 43, 18 and 19. Forget the former things. Don't dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. I absolutely believe that's where we are. But the remit of that is forget the former things, don't dwell on the past. That's how you access this. Forget the former things, don't dwell on the past, and then you'll see the new thing. Uh, it's always interesting to define how we arrived at the situation we now find ourselves in. There are always many factors. Some we impose upon ourselves, and others are imposed upon us. And you cannot change how you got here or where you are, but you can change where you will be. And so we talked about four things that stand in the way of the new way. And these were the four things. The problem of forgetting. If you don't understand this, your future will always be shaped by your past. It's time to forget some things. It will dominate and dictate everything that you do, every decision that you make, unless you learn to forget. You have to turn around and walk away. In your mind, in your spirit, in your heart. Okay, so forget the former things. The problem of forgetting. The second one was the danger of dwelling. 
And I like this because I, I, I come very strongly from this camp. Nostalgia is a comforting companion, but a, pure, a poor friend. Do you remember we said that? Nostalgia is a comforting companion. Always feels lovely. Do you remember when? Oh, I can, oh it was lo- I can remember when. But it's a poor friend. Let me tell you why it's a poor friend. Because nostalgia never faces you up with the wider truth or the whole story. It only selectively remembers the things that made you feel lovely. And it blocks out all the other stuff. Like, oh, if only we could back to that golden era. You know, when people say, in my day it was lovely. Yeah, Rick Hitz, TB. Yeah, Great. But also from the other side of it, consistently poking around the painful never allows it to heal. And sometimes we just keep poking that painful thing and bringing it up and living there and it never allows it to heal because we dwell on it. And it only ever justifies my reaction when I, when I poke around the painful things, it only ever justifies my reaction, but it never paralyzes or sterilizes the problem. Have you ever noticed that? If you keep poking the thing that is your pain... All it does is justifies your reaction. And the problem with that is it will never paralyze or sterilize the problem. You have to reach out in the heart and move on in the mind. You have to speak to the mountain in faith and say, it's done, it's finished, it was painful, it was real. We accept that. But I'm moving on and mountain, you're going to move because God's got something new for my life. Then the third thing was the challenges of seeing. The problem that we often don't see what we need to see Part of that is the distractions that divert our focus. All the stuff that we witness going on around us that divert our focus from being able to see that out there ahead of us, God has something amazing, incredible, wonderful, that's a blessing, but we can only take hold of it when we actually see it. But while ever we are distracted in our focus, somehow we never seem to get that thing. It always seems out of our reach. And then, of course, the fourth thing was the dilemma of which now... There are two nows, the now of your present circumstances and the now of God. Up to you. Up to you, the now of your present circumstances or the now of God. If you simply accept the now of your present circumstances, you will live only within your now. But if you live in the now of, now of God, you empower a force able to affect your present now in a remarkable way. Against such things there is no law. And then we moved on to talk about the speed of spirit. From Deuteronomy 31 verse 8, the Lord himself goes before you and will be with you and he will never leave you or forsake you. Don't be afraid, don't be discouraged. We talked about how the speed of spirit in Isaiah 65 verse 24 was before they call I will answer. That's pretty fast. And we talked about how you have the speed of sound and then faster than that the speed of light but faster than that the speed of spirit which means that God is so far ahead that we are catching up. But what it means is that God has already worked, God has already moved, God has already provided, God has already prepared before we actually get there because time is catching up with spirit. If you could only just grasp that, that something has happened in your life at the speed of spirit, and if you'll keep walking at the speed of time towards that, you will coincide with what has already happened at the speed of spirit. Talk about the fish with the coin in its mouth in the story of Jesus that paid the taxes when Peter caught a fish and he'd had enough money for the taxes. And the question was, how did the coin get in the mouth of the fish? 
that had to have happened way before the fish was ever caught to pay the taxes. So before Peter ever said, they're wanting our taxes and we have no money, the coin had already fallen out of somebody's pocket or money bag into the water, swallowed by a fish that happened to be the fish that was going past Peter's boat when he went out to fish and caught the same fish with the coin in. Stuff is happening, guys. And if only you can lift your spirit and realize, don't live in your now. Live in God's now because there's a coin in the fish's mouth that's ready for your need and ready for your help. The stuff that makes the miracle, that meets your story, uh, the, the stuff that makes the miracle, that meets your story, to move it in a new direction is already happening, is what we said. And then I moved on to talk about the fourth man principle from the book of Daniel, how these three boys who stood in integrity got thrown into a fire, which may be symbolic, we don't know. They were thrown into a fire, but in the fire, someone else appeared. It was a fourth man, which means that when they were in the place of difficulty, having stood in integrity for what they believed, they were not alone. But the one who was there said was like unto a son of man. The same words that he used for the incarnate God in Christ. Jesus was with them in the middle of the circumstance. And so we said this, don't fight against where God is positioning you just because you don't understand what is happening. Those boys didn't fully understand what was happening, but actually, in a strange way, they were being positioned for something greater. And so what happened is that instead of them being incinerated, they were actually promoted. It worked the other way. And all that the problem did was got rid of all the stuff that was holding them, binding them, keeping them captive, and released them to something new and a new day. The unseen hand again conducting the orchestra. And I said one thing that's very important, and for some of you, you need to hear this again. Hold the reins of control lightly. Make room for mystery and miracle. One of the reasons we don't see mystery and miracle is because we hold the reins of control so tightly and think, unless I organize this right, fix this right, take exactly the right route, okay? being exactly the right, have all the right attitudes. If I don't do that, it's not going to work. Actually, what you need to do is let go of some of that control and say, do you know what? I'm going to do my best by grace, but I know that God is with me and that when I let go of the tight grip of control that I have on the reins of my life, I make room for mystery and I make room for miracle and you get invited to parties and you meet people from the park and all kinds of stuff starts to happen, which is wonderful. See, what I want you to do is learn about drawing some straight lines in a crooked world. Straight lines in a crooked world. And that as we draw those lines, which are love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, we are in the dimension where there is no law that can work against them. This is, this is amazing, fascinating truth. There is no law that can work against them. No law that can work against them. You have the trump card for what controls most of life when you begin to operate in this fruit of the Spirit. Now what happens with fruit? Fruit grows. Where does fruit grow? It grows on trees, but you can't pick it off trees because you're the tree. And you're the tree that God says will make fruitful because he said he'll plant you by rivers of living water so that you have fruit in season and out of season and your leaf will not wither is what David wrote in the Psalms, and whatsoever you do will what? Prosper. 
Not kind of have a little chance, possibly, maybe, but it will prosper. I want to lift your spirit and lift your heart because I believe that these are the days that we are living in. Now, I believe you need to take a step to make all that become reality. Um, is our Connie here? That's all right then. <laughs> I can talk about her. Uh, Chris was helping Connie to sort out some stuff. She's been in her, in her apartment for some years now. And of course, as a single mum raising a child and uh, studying university for a degree, um, you build up some clutter. And uh, she'll kill me for this. Well, she won't. She'll threaten to kill me for this, but she loves me too much to kill me. Um, there were some bags of, uh, of, of crisps and what was the other things there in the... Bagels, that uh, the use-by date, I think, was, was it 2013 or something like that. She, she'd only had one. She was depressed when she bought them. She'd only eaten one and then, of course, they the go in the cupboard. Now, bless her, don't tell her I told you. Okay. Don't be a, a snitch. It's not, it's not her fault. But how many of you know if you go in the roof space, if you go under the eaves, if you go in the garage, how, how many of you can put your car in your garage? <laughs> yeah, well, that figures. Um, I figured our Keith and Margaret would be able to. For most of us, it's theoretical. Is, uh, because what happens is we gather stuff, don't we? The, the, the longer you're around, the longer you're in a place, the longer you do something. It is a natural process that you gather stuff, you gather clutter. And, uh, and then you don't want to get rid of the clutter because it kind of has value. It's like, with me, I've got bits of wood and stuff in the shed that were, you know, it's one of those in the garage that, oh, I'll find a use, don't throw that away, I'll find a use for that. We moved in in 1999 into the house that we're in and I still haven't found a use for most of the stuff that's tucked up in the trusses. And, and we don't, the reason is we don't find it easy to let go of stuff. We become, we become kind of emotionally attached and then we have a little fear that I know what will happen if I chuck that out. Next week I'll think, well go buy some from B&Q. It's all right, go buy some, you can get some, find some. Go to your neighbor like my neighbor Rob, borrow something from him. But we get attached and, and my point is this, that, that entering into this space that is the fruit of the Spirit, against which there is no law, that are these straight lines that are moving through our life that create a motion and a movement but actually are, are static themselves, they are rigid, they are fixed, they are unmovable, they don't change, Okay? It's not like, oh, well, love will be there one day, but the next day it's not the same. It goes backwards and forwards on that line. These are the unmovable things, the unchangeable things, that if you're living them, will never fail you. But what happens is we get all this clutter and all this stuff, and we hang on to all this stuff, and then we can't live in the fullness of this promise because of all that we've gathered that we don't want to let go. Our attitudes, our concepts, our thoughts, our history, our nostalgia... And it all gets cluttered up. But what I want to tell you is prophetically, Chris spoke um, a couple of weeks ago. Prophetically, it's time. It's time for us as a, a church. It is, it's time for us as individuals 
to get rid of some of that stuff, to say we value it for what it was. It spoke about who we were, but it's time for a new day. It's time for a new thing. It's time to find the straight lines in a crooked world. And for those lines not to be distorted and deflected by history. How many of you know what we think love is can get distorted by what we carry in history? Well, I thought I knew what love is, but I was let down. And suddenly then love is not a straight line because we're hanging on to a natural process, a natural event. Something natural bends it, can't trust, can't believe, can't hope, can't love, can't trust. Well, I'm saying let's get rid of all that because that's all clutter that's distorting these straight lines which are the fruit of the Spirit against which there is no law. And so Chris, Chris was very brave the other week because um, she, she used a... Um, do we have that little video back there? Have you got the little video? The short one, not the long one. Um, I want to show you this because it... I thought it was very interesting, you know, Chris, Chris mentioned Buddhism. Uh, I, said, I said to Chris, I said, you know, she, she was chatting to me after, and I said, look, I said, if you had said, these, these, listen to these four principles, and she gave you the four key principles of Buddhism, but didn't tell you it was Buddhism, you along with me would have been saying, that's fantastic, that's awesome, that's great, I, I really... No, I'm not endorsing Buddhism, I actually think... I think Buddhism has some wisdom in it, but it misses the point. I still think Jesus is the point. I still think Jesus is what God looks like, okay? But I also know that there's a word of wisdom in the Bible that says all good gifts around us come from the Father of lights in whom there is no shadow of turning. There are some wisdoms in the world that people have embraced and built a religion around, just like some people have taken Christ, who is the wisdom of God, and built a religion around him. See, same thing. So, so, so she, was, she was very brave and I said that, that was fine. And of course, the, the, the top and bottom of it was she, she introduced us to this thing called the mandala that the, that the Buddhists build, which is incredible work of art made with grains of sand, coloured sand. And of course, they build this wonderful circle, which of course is to to relate to the circle of life, and, and I believe in cyclical time, like the Hebrews believed in, cyclical time, and within that, of course, they make these most amazing pictures and images, which some of them relate to their belief system, which are not particularly what I endorse or embrace, but, but they create this beautiful picture. But the staggering thing is then with the mandala is when they come to the point that Yes, it's beautiful. It represents a piece of their life. And they've, they've worked with the tiny grains of sand. They've worked with great skill. They've invested time and energy and thought and imagination and creativity. But then they've understood something that often most Christians can't get a hold of. They've understood, forget the former things. Don't dwell on the past. I'm doing a new thing. So along comes the priest and he puts a line through all that they have created from the past. And then, of course, as you'll see on the image, they begin to gather the sand back to the middle. You say, well, but what they built was beautiful. 
It represented so much of their life. It, it was such a picture of what they were thinking and believing and knowing. But their principle is, but we are going to push that in because that represented what we were and what we were doing. But we're prepared for a new thing. We're prepared for a new day. We're prepared for straight lines in a crooked world. And they actually take that sand and they pour it back in the river so that it can go back again and start the whole process again in life for somebody. Now, again, I am not advocating Buddhism. I'm saying this is a wonderful principle that relates to us today because if you are going to be fruitful in the spirit and create straight lines in a crooked world and understand the coincidences of God and that, and that he is doing a new thing, we have to be willing to do the same in our life. If you'll be willing to do this with your life, I believe what you'll see emerge out of that is a wonderful new growth of the fruit of the Spirit. And against that fruit, there is no law. You are going to make it and you're going to make it good and you're going to make it good for many other people. So I want you to have a look at the little video and then we're going to pray together and we're done. Oh, yeah, we're going to do that. Okay, so here's what I want to do. When, when, when we do that, we're declaring there's, there's something greater than my own skill, ability, and creativity that means that I can bring my life back to square one. Here's the way the Bible puts it. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. It's the newness of resurrection, but for the newness of resurrection, you have to have the burial and the death. And so I want to pray just, just for one moment. You might want to be included in this prayer, but if you want me to pray for you tonight for new beginnings, new starts, for as you make a commitment, we're going to forget the past and I'm going to move on. I'm beginning again, that I'm, I'm pushing all these things that have affected me into the middle. I'm messing them all up because I'm believing for straight lines in a crooked world in my life. If you'd like to be included in this prayer, just stand up right now with every eye closed, every head bowed. Just stand up right where you are. We're going to pray for a miracle of new beginnings. Against such, there is no law. Against such, there is no law. So Father, I pray for and I pray with everyone right now who is opening their heart to you to say that they are...
pushing what has been the creation of the past into the middle, taking away the image that he has created and painted in their life. And we now come back to new things, to new beginnings, because you said if you forget the former things, don't remember the past, I will do a new thing and you will see it spring up. So I pray right now, Father, even this very week, for wonderful um, wonderful revelations of coincidences which are the supernatural conclusion of your divine conducting of the symphony that is our life and our community together. This week, Father, this week, specific miracles happening to show that. And I pray that the fruit of the Spirit begins to show upon us in every branch of who we are so that we will have those straight lines in this crooked world knowing that in this place there is no law that can stand against the power of this to revolutionize me, heal me, change me, save me, make me all that I need to be and build my relationship with God the Most High in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, Georgia. Amen. You may be seated. We're going to do the offering. The guys are coming to sing again and we're going to be a symphony together. All right. Thanks for listening. You might not be aware that The Rock is funded completely through donations from people like yourself. So if you feel like you're part of our community, it would be great if you could make a contribution by visiting our website at www.rockofyork.co.uk and just click on the donate button for more information. Thanks again. Thanks again.